Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Aviators Cafe podcast. Today, I have a, a somewhat good friend of mine who is a Canadian freight pilot and charter pilot and does all things related to health and so much more. Her name is Danielle Coral, and she joins me down the line on Zoom. Danielle, how are you? I'm doing good. How are you? Doing good. So, Danielle, take us back. I don't know how long it is for you now uh, when you had that moment, that spark, essentially, for, yes, aviation is something that I really, really want to do. I guess I was about 12, and I started in Air Cadets. Uh, my stepdad's super into aviation, so I think he kind of fueled that spark for me. So I was in Air Cadets, and I wanted to get my power license through them, but at the time I was a year too young. So I started the studying, um, but you have to be 17 in Canada to get it through the cadet program. And then I just decided that being a pilot would be a terrible lifestyle and not good for having a family and just not a good lifestyle. So I decided that I wasn't going to be a pilot and I graduated high school and went to college and I was going to be a vet. Um, So I started that, but I didn't really enjoy going to college and then I just love animals too much and I couldn't imagine cutting them open and doing (laughs) surgeries and stuff like that (laughs) so uh, I was 18 and I took a discovery flight and um, this was in Victoria BC and at that at that time I think it was like a hundred dollars and they took you up for an hour and you know let you fly around and that was it I was completely hooked and I was like I just have to be a pilot (laughs) yeah that's how it usually goes with a lot of people I know it's either um at least with the younger generations also like uh, flight simulators that you have on your desktop nowadays Mm -hmm. Uh, or it's just like a hundred dollar discovery flight uh that does it really uh but how did you go from essentially that moment that hundred dollar discovery flight to saying yes I'm going to sign up, spend thousands and thousands of dollars on my commercial. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there's no guarantee of a job at the end. <laughs> I feel like when you're in flight training, they don't tell you how hard it is to actually get a job in the industry. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I think that's, that's, that's the biggest thing. It's like, oh, you're a pilot now. Now go find a job. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think after that discovery flight, I just started my flight training right away for my private license. And I was working full time to pay for that. Yeah. So I don't know how it works in Canada. Is it kind of like in the US where it's private instrument commercial than multi-commercial? Yeah. So you do your private license and then um, you can do your multi-engine and instrument rating while you're doing your commercial license okay but you did private then instrument commercial then multi yeah all right yeah i wasn't sure because i know like in europe you can do the modular so private instrument commercial multi or Mm -hmm. 
together, like all in one group, and at the end you get your multi add-on to your commercial rate. Oh, okay. I think you can do it in any step. You just have to, it's just like different requirements that you qualify for. Yeah, I mean, I do know some people that do private, then commercial, then mm-hmm. instrument, then multi. Yeah. But most, but most people do private instrument, commercial, multi, because if you do from private to commercial, you have so many restrictions on the type of line you can do with your commercial if you don't have an instrument. Yeah. But you, how did you go about finding a flight school in, was it Victoria, British Columbia? Victoria, yeah. There, at the time, was only two flight schools there. And one, um, the Victoria Flying Club that I went to was just kind of the big, well-known one. And then there was another small one. But I think it closed down after a few years. Oh, okay. Uh, but you also paid it by working a full-time job at the, mm-hmm. on the side. Was it at like the yeah. FBO there or like? No, I actually worked at a credit union. Oh, that's something completely <laughs> like, unrelated. Yeah, it was a, a bank teller full time, but it paid really well. So, well, hey, um, whatever gets it done, right? Yeah. So then I just squeezed in flights, you know, after work or on the weekends. Yeah. Um, so you go through your flight training uh, in Victoria. Um, how did you end up going um, to find a job that you have now? Did you just, you know, f- go in the phone book or did you read brochures? <laughs> like, not I that old. I, <laughs> <laughs> I uh, went online in Canada. We have this website called App Canada where people list jobs. Mm-hmm. And I sent out so many resumes, like probably mm-hmm. over 30, just to every kind of starter job that I saw. And I got a couple of interviews and one was in Ontario, which is kind of on the other side of the country from where yeah. I was living. And the other interview was in Calgary, Alberta. And that's, uh, it's only like 1200 kilometers away so an hour flight from where I was living so I was like that's better than moving across the country yeah that's definitely better a one-hour flight versus a I think six-hour flight yeah Uh, so obviously staying close was also an important factor for you Um, and I don't know in Canada you also have to do like time building to your ATP or can you just you know straight go into any kind of like transport um with your commercial license you can start working right away yeah so i mean like kind of like here in the u.s if you want to go let's say with your multi-license flat america you need to have at least 1500 for your atp hours okay I, 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 i don't know if it's the same way in canada um so I do have my ATPL now but you only need it if you're going to be captain on a multi-engine aircraft so starting out in the industry you're usually fine with just your commercial multi-IFR oh okay like that so so at least the, the entry requirements to get in is easier to like let's say work at a like flying right seat in a turbine aircraft mm-hmm. yeah and then you can just build up your time and then qualify for your ATPL after you we have to write two exams oh yeah, yeah. The, the ATP exams obviously um mm-hmm. yeah so for 
all that, um, you came into your job. I know you kind of shared it a little bit on Instagram. Uh, how did you actually like go about that? Because I saw you started out as a ramp hand, was it? Yeah, so it's kind of crazy because I did a phone interview for a position as a ramp attendant and I got the job and they're like, you, you need to start in a week. So I basically quit my job and packed up my whole life and <laughs> moved 1200 kilometers away in one week to start this job that I had a, I had a phone interview for. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but then eventually at some point they did say, you know, we do have a piloting job available. How was, how did mm -hmm. that go? Did you have to do like another interview or was it just I, say, okay, here, here, here are the keys. <laughs> <laughs> so they, uh, they kind of had a, a ramp to pilot program at um, the company. So I worked on the ramp for two years because at the time aviation was pretty slow moving. So you have to wait for everyone to move up ahead of you. And then I got a position flying a uh, right seat on a Navajo doing cargo. So that was three days a week and then ramp two days a week. Okay, so you, you, you do right seat in a Navajo mm -hmm. and then eventually you move up to, I think, was it a 1900? Each 1900? Yeah, so then I went right seat on a 1900 flying passengers. And you still fly the 1900, right? I do, yeah, now I'm a 1900 captain. Well, that's great. Yeah. <laughs> and then eventually you move up to the Metro 23, right? Yeah. Actually, first I went captain on the Metro 2. And then because you don't need your ATPL for that one because it's a smaller weight. Um, but then when I got the requirements for my ATPL, I got Metro 23 captain. Okay. So it's just from Metro 2 captain mm -hmm. to Metro 23 once you got your ATP. Yeah. Okay, so yeah, now, now I'm understanding how this is going. <laughs> but uh, it, what is like your favorite type of flying? Is it just flying freight around or do you just like doing <laughs> both passengers and freight? I feel like there's pros and cons of both, but I personally really like cargo flying because you don't have people that you have to worry about and you can be a little more cowboy about how you fly. Yeah. Yeah. It's just uh, funner to do those unrestricted visuals. Yeah. Just, uh, Hey, uh, you're at flight level uh, two zero zero with a marker. You're going to make it. Yeah. Just chop and drop. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's, that's a common joke that I like to hear just, that I heard once it's just like hey southwest one two four you're over the marker I play level two zero zero are you gonna make it heck yes approach <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> yeah, you don't want to do that with passengers <laughs> no <laughs> you gotta worry about their comfort yeah boxes don't care right yeah but uh do, do you still enjoy flying at the place you are at obviously you're still there after how many years I do, yeah. I've been with the company for 10 years this fall, and there was a time where I really wanted to go to the airline because um, I wanted flight benefits and I wanted to travel and explore the, the world, mm -hmm. but there's also kind of a benefit to the charter lifestyle, um, especially now since we have a 
seven month old baby, I don't really want to be gone for three to four days at a time. So right now I'm home every night. Oh yeah, that's that's definitely important with uh, your baby now. Um, mm-hmm. But at, at that point when you were kind of like thinking about going to airlines, were you like looking at Air Canada or what, what were you looking at exactly? Uh, Air Canada was definitely like kind of end game for me and still might be down the road. Um, but it's not really entry level. It, um, we kind of have jazz is the regional for Air Canada. Yeah. Yeah. So I was looking at that and then um, there's one called Encore, which is WestJet's regional. All right, so you're kind of looking at those. Um, were you like kind of wanting to stick to the regionals, or were you like, hey, uh, uh, hey, you know, I also wanted to move up if I were gonna make that choice to move up to Air Canada? Yeah, like like to Air Canada or to WestJet. Yeah, I definitely would have, but at the time the requirements were higher just because there were so many pilots available that I didn't qualify for Air Canada at the time. Oh, okay, so they just had like, hey, you need like I don't know, five thousand hours of turbine time or something crazy. Yeah, but now I feel like they need pilots, and so the requirements are definitely lower. Yeah, it's just uh, it, it like the day you pass your multi ride, you will take. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. It's so crazy. <laughs> yeah, like I like I have like I know someone in who was a senior captain in American Airlines. He's like. We need 2,000 pilots at least wow. this year. Yeah. And that, that's just only American Airlines. Now imagine everybody else. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. And I'm sure there's been so many delays with flight training and closures and everything with COVID. Yeah, definitely. Like, you know, at least I noticed that with me, like halfway, well, not even halfway, a third of the way through my instrument rating, everything just shut down. Like, okay, wow. great. <laughs> Here we go. That's frustrating, especially when you're in the middle of a rating to have to pause. Yeah, and I was just trying to starting to figure out how holds work, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like you had to see my face when I read the news that I, that we were everything was closing. I was like, great. How am I gonna figure out holds now? I was just starting to figure them out. Yeah. But now I figured them, which is good. Good. But um but yeah, that's definitely something now with everyone like, okay, we need pilots. But mm-hmm. um, like at some point when Luna does get older, uh, do you still, like still want to go up to like uh, Air Canada or a WestJet? Yeah, definitely. I would love to work for Air Canada and do the long haul flying. Uh, what would be like your kind of like ideal plane that you would want to fly in their fleet? Oh, I don't know. I'm partial to Boeing. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Boeing is just fine, right? I'm, you know, a Boeing fan myself, so. <laughs> yeah. But, but would it be like a, a Dreamliner or like a 7.6 or? Yeah, I think like the 787. I don't know. I love the 747s, but that's probably unlikely now. Uh, well, I mean, if you fly freight, you know, like a UPS or like a Cargo Lux, you know, they still fly 747s. Mm-hmm. So, and I think still like it, it, in freight, seven four seven are still going to stay around. Especially the the fa- the the 
freighters that come directly from the Boeing factory where like the nose opens up. Yeah. Because that can just take big, you know, unusual freight that doesn't fit in the side door in the back. Because mm-hmm. the Boeing converted freighters, they just cut a cut a door in the back and <laughs> They take all the interior out and call it a freighter. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, seven fours obviously are the coolest, but but they, they won't be in the, unfortunately in the uh, passenger market for much longer. Yeah, it's too bad. But yeah, I do like the Dreamliner as well. Yeah, the, actually, Dreamliner is pretty cool because the engines don't actually have bleed air. Mm-hmm. They, 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 in order to like pressurize the plane, they have like compressors with like ram air inlets on the side of the belly and they just pump air in. Cool. So yeah, that, that, that has increased fuel efficiency on the Dreamliner. So that's a little tidbit that I found out recently. Nice. So, um, but yeah, what's your favorite thing about flying the Metro actually? <laughs> oh, it is a very hard airplane to fly. <laughs> so it keeps it, you on your toes. Definitely. Like it does not fly straight and level. If you look out the window for two seconds, like you're in a turn. <laughs> yeah. So, that, that keeps you on your turn on your toes. Yeah. So kind of just being able to, I guess, figure out the aircraft and it just kind of raises your pilot skill and, in Canada, anyways, it's, you know, you kind of get that extra regard if you've been a Metro pilot. Yeah, that, that, that's definitely just, uh, hey, I got a Metro type rating. It's like, welcome <laughs> yeah. to the airline. <laughs> Say no more. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it is a very noisy airplane. Yeah, that's where the A20 is help a lot, eh? Yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, I noticed with the A20, uh, my A20 is in every plane I've been, it's just, absolutely fantastic yeah i love mine as well uh but the the metro doesn't have autopilot does it ours don't there are some that can be outfitted um but it just takes extra weight and cost so the ones that my company has unfortunately no autopilot well it does keep your flying skills uh up on par so it does but when you're cruising for three hours it's pretty boring (laughs) yeah it's like okay i don't want to be flying anymore uh but yeah so uh, you still enjoy the uh, the charters lifestyle but you know obviously with the whole airline stuff um, there's still an opportunity for that and uh yeah Oh, out of the planes you've flown so far through your career, what's your favorite? Oh, I probably would say the 1900. It's a super fun airplane to fly, and it's just so agile and easy to maneuver. Yeah, and uh, probably does have a lot of product, right? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Half of ours do, so you hope you get the one with the autopilot. <laughs> yeah, it's just like, uh, please, screw yeah. scheduling. <laughs> yeah, be nice to me. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's, uh, I mean, I've never flown in the 1900, so that's still uh, on one of the things that I have to do. 
Um, but uh, like, what's your favorite thing on the 1900 other than it just being so from a novel? Oh, on the 1900. I don't know. <laughs> Compared to the Metro, it's like a, a huge upgrade because it has EFIS screens and just way better avionics. Yeah, that's fair enough. And, you know, those PT6s. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. Wait, the PT6s on the 1900 are quieter than the Metro ones or what? Oh, yeah. Yeah, because the Metros are Garrett engines. Oh, yeah. I keep forgetting. I always think, like, every turbo prop is, you know, PT6 because they're so popular. Yeah. Um, yeah. So let's see. You do go. You do like. What are like some of the routes you do usually fly with charter? I mean, is it just like you know, one day you're going to BC and the next day you're going to Ontario or something? <laughs> pretty much. Um, for the nineteen hundred, it's pretty localized to Western Canada, but we will definitely take you anywhere you want to go. And our jets go all over the world. Oh, so your company also has uh, a jet fleet. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, so you do uh, it, if you do get the opportunity to fly jets for your current company, would you take it? Oh, definitely. Uh, all right. And I, I mean, what kind of jets do you all have? Is it just like Cessna Citations or? Ah, oh, we have a couple Lear 45s, Lear 35, G150. Uh, we've got Challengers. Uh, oh, I'm trying to think. <laughs> we've got just a very diverse fleet of jets. Yeah, yeah just, just to take you everywhere. Yeah, because some of them are privately owned and we manage them for the owners and then others um, SunWest owns and rents them out. Oh, okay, like that. So it's a combination of it being managed and uh, mm -hmm. for the owners and others just having rented out. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. And, yeah. So this is kind of like where I kind of come to the more or less the rapid fire section. Oh no. Uh, well, well, this is, well, this is more like the, the thing that the first thing that kind of pops in your head kind of thing, not like anything that's too terribly complicated <laughs> and not, not ones that really make you think too much. Okay. Uh, so let's say you're making a, a connecting flight home and you got like a two hours leftover to spare what would be your kind of like go-to place to get some food in the airport oh well i am currently obsessed with starbucks so i would definitely be getting a fancy <laughs> coffee there <laughs> and then um do you have freshie in the states yeah 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 i really like freshie so you know kind of something like those bowls yeah Yeah, definitely I've seen a freshies um, kind of like up north, really, kind of like like in New York or Buffalo. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. um, and obviously, I flew up to Canada myself a couple of times, so I kind of am familiar with it. Mm -hmm. um, let's see.
A favorite airline that is not based in Canada? <laughs> <laughs> not, um, oh, from my experience, I'd probably just have to say KLM. That's a big W. As a Dutch person. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because um, we flew to Europe on KLM and it was just a, a great experience. Uh, let's see. Favorite route that you've flown? Route. Um, well, doing my flight training in Victoria, it was like I think an hour flight to Seattle so just to build my time I loved flying into Boeing Field. All right um what's your favorite airport? Airports. Okay can we can break this down. A favorite <laughs> airport that you like to fly in as a pilot. Yeah. Favorite airport that you like to fly in as a passenger. <laughs> like that you don't have to choose one yeah as a passenger oh i don't know if i could pick one but just something that has like really good ocean or mountain views yeah so like uh vancouver seattle yeah definitely uh how about as a pilot oh my <laughs> <laughs> my favorite one to do or like one yeah. that has a, like a nice approach to it that, that, that you can kind of get a good challenge out of yeah probably something on the west coast of bc you know that's just like you're landing like pretty much on the ocean and it's just beautiful and good views yeah, so I'm just trying to think of some airports that are out there. Um, yeah, I'm going to have to look at ForeFlight for this because I really don't know. <laughs> this is called cheating. <laughs> well, it's not really cheating. It's just like I really don't know. So someone like uh, Port Hardy. I don't know if you've flown in there. Uh, why is Yankee Zulu Tango? Um, probably close to there. Yeah, like kind of Port Renfrew and that sort of thing. Okay. Yeah, I mean, there's some good ones out there. They're like uh, Long Beach, BC. Mm-hmm. Yeah, one of the super cool ones is uh, Masset, BC. Yeah, I'm trying to find that one. It's uh, M-A-S-S-E-T. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that looks like a cool airport flyer, too. Yeah, it is. Especially with those RNAVs out there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I don't know if you can see like how close it is to the water. Yeah, I mean, it is practically on the water. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, let's see. 
Yeah. Uh, what would be your favorite airport that you'd want to fly into? Like, just randomly, if you got the opportunity to do so. <laughs> um, oh, you're making me think. <laughs> I don't know. There's just, I think, lots of cool ones in the U.S. that are pretty high elevation. Yeah, definitely like in Colorado and stuff. Um, yeah, I know one of my favorites is uh, St. Martin's Airport. Yes, I would love to go there. Yeah, that, that you know, RNAV is pretty cool because, you know, obviously you land over the beach. Mm-hmm. You so can get away with the tourists for like a second. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, Yeah. Uh, yeah, what would be a place you would want to go that you haven't gone yet? Like, like a, just as, let's say you get to travel to anywhere, like that's not, you know, Canada or the U.S. or anywhere, just like, you know. <laughs> I would love to go to Iceland. Yeah, that sounds like a pretty insanely cool place. <laughs> yeah, just and yeah. Uh, also Switzerland. Yeah, both great choices. Also, <laughs> yeah. fun fact, Iceland doesn't have any mosquitoes. Sorry? Iceland doesn't have any mosquitoes. What? How is that possible? No idea. Apparently, that's... I don't know. I don't know if it's true or not, but that's what yeah. I heard. Oh, that's so, cool. <laughs> so there, you, you don't need mosquito repellent if you go there. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, do you have any questions for me? Uh, I don't know. So where are you at in your flight training right now? Uh, I'm waiting on a flight instructor to start my commercial. Oh, yeah. Nice. Uh, I'm already uh, doing the ground portion of it. Mm-hmm. I'm still waiting on a flight instructor and then just get that rolling. Nice. And then what's your kind of progression of what you see yourself doing? Well, eventually I do see myself flying freight. Um, um, I, I was on the fence before the pandemic. Um if I wanted to fly passenger or freight. Mm-hmm. Um, but nowadays, you know, seeing how fast um, passenger volume has dropped and then come back up and then drop again. And also yeah. seeing, um, frankly, how rude many passengers have become. I mean, uh-huh. I mean, I mean, the numbers don't lie. I mean, the passenger numbers are up everywhere, mm-hmm. you know, whether it's mask related, um, whatever. You know, and yeah, boxes don't complain. <laughs> yeah, definitely more job security flying cargo because all my friends at the airlines were getting laid off and I was so busy. Like I had never mm-hmm. flown so much in my life. Yeah, and also uh, all the jets I want to fly are flying in freight nowadays, like like the MD-11, mm. 747, um, they're all in freight. Um, yeah 
and not in passing, unfortunately. So, yeah, that's that's just, you know, eventually I'll get there. Mm-hmm. But, Definitely. Uh, yeah, I have to obviously here in the U.S. build my time up to my ATP before even like a UPS or a FedEx can look at me. Oh, wow. So that's the major difference between like the U.S. and the rest of the world. You have to have your ATP before you can fly like in a CRJ or like a oh, okay. 120, uh, what we call like uh, 121, 135 ops. Yeah, even as a first officer, you need yeah, that. Yeah, even as a first officer. Hmm. Uh, you can't get hired on a CRJ 900 or flying Beechcraft for charter operations uh, under 121 or 135 um, without having at least a thousand hours. Oh, okay. And having at least that ATP or pretty close to your ATP. Yeah, I think that's the difference for us where you only need it in Canada if you're left seat. Yeah. Um, personally, I kind of like that idea more you know, only if you need it left seat. If you're sitting in the mm-hmm. left seat, you need it. It just opens up so much more opportunities. Definitely. And yeah. And uh, you got any more questions for me or? Uh... Oh, I don't think so. It, it looks like you're doing lots of traveling like back home and between your schooling and everything yeah i mean december was and november were just insane amounts of traveling for me nice Um, which is good you know i haven't traveled that much in a really long while i'm jealous (laughs) (laughs) Uh, yeah i mean you know yeah i mean with you it's different because you know you obviously have your baby still and obviously when she gets a bit older then it's just you know let's go a bit more (laughs) at least hopefully yeah i'm hoping to actually fly to victoria next week so that will be her first flight so hopefully that goes smoothly (laughs) yeah yeah i think yeah i mean with me it's so weird because aviation kind of chose me i didn't choose aviation Mm. because my first flight was like the day i got my passport which is six months old Wow. And it was in a 747, actually, funny enough. Nice. <laughs> you know, I obviously don't remember anything, but aviation chose me, so here I yeah. am. <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> well, Danielle, it was super lovely having you on. And, uh, yeah, we'll debrief a little bit after this. What do you say? Yeah, thank you so much for having me. And thank you for coming on.